uh, this series that we are in, Revival, is a great conversation because it's the reviving that's going on inside of here. You know, if you want to take notes across the top of your paper, you can write this because I don't say it now. I'm not going to come back to it. But here's the deal. What's my part to play? That's what you need to write across the top of your paper. Title of the message today, what's my part to play? Big question mark. Big old question mark, okay? What's my part to play? How many of you guys have ever been in a, in, on a team or a, a group of people that you played a specific role on that team that made the team better, and by you playing your role, the whole team accomplished what the mission was? Anybody ever been there before? Right? You, you think about athletics back in the day. You were on the team. You played your role. And because you played your role, everybody else was able to be effective in theirs. Right? Now, I think back old school, you talk about teams, Chicago Bulls back in the day, right? Greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, not LeBron James. Greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Right? I'm, a, I'm tooth and nail. I'm going to fight for that, my generation in Jesus' name. <laughs> not the self-proclaimed, but the real deal, Holyfield, Michael Jordan, Right? Now, San Antonio Spurs, right back in the day, Ginobili, I'm, I'm sad to say back in the day, unfortunately, right? I wish I could be like, today, my, you know, uh, my Ginobili, you got Tim Duncan, you got Parker, you got uh, Bowen, Bruce Bowen from way back in the day, right? These guys, that was, I'm talking about back when we were good. Um, <laughs> but every team is great, right? You think about Apple, whenever Wozniak was there doing what he did on the electronic side and Steve Jobs on the entrepreneur side, and this is what it can be, and the excellence and all this stuff, created this incredible company that now has this amazing product that more than likely a majority of us in this room have their phone, right? The team operating in specific gifts brought wholeness that was able to accomplish mission, right? There's nothing better than a great family that at Thanksgiving, everybody's got their casserole that they're bringing, and right, uncle so-and-so is bringing the fried turkey, or frying it literally right there, hopefully thawed so it doesn't blow up. But everybody comes to the table doing what they do that makes for a good meal, right? The beauty is, is that when we operate according to our gifts, specific gifts, it makes the whole thing that we're a part of better. Yeah. And the same thing would be true inside of this house. The body of Christ is made up of multiple different parts that bring together one big whole. And everybody in this room has specific gifts that God has given us. The question is, well, what's my part to play on the team? What, what gifts have I been given that brings wholeness to the house? What gift am I bringing? What casserole am I bringing to the body to make it whole, to make it complete? Right? There, there's an individual, a pastor out of New York, Tim Keller. He would say this about the gifts, and I love how he says it, and we'll, we'll read a scripture off of it and then, and then close it out. But here's what it says here. Tim Keller would say this. The Holy Spirit gives each Christian a particular set of spiritual gifts or a gift matrix, a gift matrix being a place in which gifts can be developed, but specific gifts or a place that gifts can be developed, which can be used in a range of ministries that serve others in the Christian community and beyond. Multiple different gifts to serve specifically or a place in order to work those gifts to maybe discover, maybe start to step in, but there's a place in which we give. So you look at Ephesians 4, this is where it's talking about the beauty of these gifts that are given. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Gifts were given to us. Amen. It says, notice that he says he ascended because he had to descend, right? That clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world 
And the same one who has descended is the one who ascends higher than all the heavens. The beautiful part, and you got to focus on this last part here. It says, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. This is the beauty of what Jesus said to humanity. It's better I go away. Just FYI. Everybody like, we want to hang on. Don't go. Every time I walk out the door, the kids, don't go. At least that's what I hope for. That's not what happens every single time, but as a parent, that's what I hope for. Right? We want to hang on, but Jesus says, no, I got to go. Why is it that I got to go? Because I'm putting me in you. And me is one, but me and you is billions. And the beauty is when there's billions, it's not, it's not around one. And billions can be fill the entire earth as we get Jesus in with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God that's working in us. And we go into the world, we go into the entire world. That is the beauty of what Jesus has done for us. He has filled the earth with his spirit, and that spirit is us. The spirit is operating inside of us, and we step into the world to be Jesus everywhere around the globe. There is no place he can't go, right? We're there. He's there in Jesus' name, right? So that's the hope for the body of Christ. Now, Tim Keller would go on to say this, and I think it's a good indication to get our minds maybe out of a myopic, myopic you know, uh, small-mindedness, right? Small, like we're here. It says this, Tim, he would go on to say that this doesn't mean that gifts only meet the needs of Christians. Amen, right? Yeah. I'm just going to love people who love me. Really? No, no, no. It means that uh, they meet the needs in Jesus' name. As we step out of this place, into our workplace, everywhere we go, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are in us are operating through us for those that don't know it, right? So the beauty is, as witnesses and signs of the coming kingdom, Ephesians 4, we just read, says that Jesus' kingly power, which will eventually heal the world physically, socially, and spiritually, is now distributed into us. It's here. The bottom line is that every Christian is in ministry through the church. Every person. Every person is in ministry. No one is merely a consumer of services. Everyone is a distributor. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm a distributor. I got some goods. Amen. And you're going to see the goodness in Jesus' name, right? Every single person. We can get so wrapped up in a consumer mindset of the culture we are part of, that we lose sight of, no, 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 the Spirit's in us to move through us. That's what we're here for, right? It's not in our goodness, it's in His goodness, right? It's in His goodness. So God is here, man. This is the outside. We go in Jesus' name when we're out of the church, and right, we operate in our gifts, Spirit, to be the body of Christ inside the church, amen? So we bring beauty, we bring wholeness when we know and we discover what those things are. So today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump a little more into it today to scratch on this surface of what these gifts are in self-discovery of what your gifts are. Number one, if you want to write it down, spiritual gift oftentimes starts in small places. As Tim Keller says here, in the, mat- in the, mat- in the matrix, in this place where you can develop, gifts can be developed within. You ever been in your company and you're like, hey, uh, you want to take this responsibility, You say yes, and all of a sudden you realize you're proficient. And then through faithfulness and and, uh, uh, ability, all of a sudden you grow to greater capacity. Maybe today you started in one place, but today you're leading a team, right? You discovered there was proficiency and ability that you had, but it started in a very small place. 
I mean, we all love the stories of where the janitor becomes the CEO and everybody's like, wow, right? We all love those stories, the underdog stories. We love those things, right? This person started in faithfulness and obedience and, and man, punctuality and man, he was doing things right and then elevated to this place where he takes over the entire company. And sometimes in life, man, they oftentimes, these spiritual gifts, they start in very small places, small places of faithfulness. You know, the staff asked me a couple weeks ago, they said, hey, where did ministry start for you? I said, well, like, I mean, I guess at like 16 years old, I was like mowing the church lawn. I guess that's where it started for me. And, like, and, then, and then I was like, uh, somewhere around in there, my uncle didn't want to run the sound anymore. So I started running the sound at like 18, I think. Right? It was like, like these small places that are insignificant that all of a sudden ministry, spiritual gifts are developed, that eventually there's discovery, right? It all starts in this place. I'm, I'm submitting myself to the work of the ministry, and God uses, man, what is my part to play in the big picture? And who knows where it goes? There's future preachers, pastors, leaders, evangelists sitting in this room right now that God's saying, you ready to jump into the matrix? <laughs> right? It usually starts in small places. The great theologian, the right, uh, one of the people who ever wrote the Imagine Dragon song, Thunder and Lightning, Ellis loves this song. She'll tell me. Dad, can you play the Thunder and Lightning song? The thunder and the lightning. Like, girl, I got you right now. And we get it. Now, if you don't know this song, let me just give you a little bit of it. It says this, just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight, want to let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and want to leave my own life behind. <laughs> not a yes, sir, not a follower, fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer, take a number. What's the next line? I was lightning before the thunder. Yeah. Now, he goes on to say inside of here, I'm not going to read it. I'll just paraphrase it. <laughs> He's got a, a funny flip inside of the song that basically says, I'm, now I'm on a stage singing while you're up in the nosebeats clapping. You were making fun of me whenever I was lightning, and all you could see is the gift. But now today, you are hearing the thunder of what this gift is operating. And here today, are we willing in the small places that God has called us to serve in with the gifts that God has given us, are we willing to be lightning today and okay with that? We will simply just say, God, this is what you called me to do. And I'm cool with that. It may be something small in the eye of humanity, but it's something big because it's a calling you placed on my life. That's the beauty of what God wants us to do, right? There's so many different gifts that God has given to the body of Christ. But today, do we know what those gifts are? And if we know what those gifts are, are we willing to be lightning before anybody could ever hear the roar, before anybody could ever feel the, the rumbling? of our gifts being on display. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some language around specific gifts. We talked about them briefly last week, but I'm gonna put some language around it. And here inside of our church, right? Here, if our church does not know and you are not aware of what your gifts are and you are like disconnected, not involved, here's the deal. You may know your gifts, but you're not connected in order to, give, to, to use them, right? You're, you're still disconnected. So putting language on this, if you don't know, you got to know what is your gift today? What giftings has God put on you? I'm going to put a little bit of language. And if you hear something that's like, okay, write it down, write it down. Because here's the deal. You may not even like, you may not even be fully a Christian today. You're like, I don't know. I'm still discovering this stuff. 
but you're going to feel maybe some affinity towards some things. Like, I just got a natural leaning towards this thing right here, and man, I just care about these things, and I care about these matters, and I want to I do these things, right? Maybe you just simply have a talent in something that, man, you're just good at it, right? For whatever reason, you're just good at it. You just have this ability. It works out for you, you and, it, and it's, it's a gift that God has given you. Or it could just be opportunity through time today, and we're all on different spectrums of our journey, you could just be starting it out and opportunities presenting itself and it's time to jump into the matrix. Or you could be 30 years down the road and you've been in the matrix and man, it's, it's developed today, but you've never had language to say, oh, that's, that's my gift. Yeah. So let me just go through it very quickly. You want to go with me? Yeah. Cool. Let's go real quick because I immense, immense clarity. Why do I want immense clarity? Because if we're not living according to our gifts, it's useless. We'll talk about that in 1 Corinthians 13 in just a second. But if we're not in a place where we're using the gifts and we're, we're operating, man, it, it's, we're not making the impact that God has called us to make. So number one, you can, the fivefold ministry, and these are unique, unique callings to the body of Christ that God has given to the body of Christ to develop the body of Christ in order for us to walk in the fullness of what God has for us to do the work of the ministry. Right, so the fivefold ministry, we can start off on prophet. If you proclaim God's truth to everyone, you're a prophet, right? You're that person like, God, you know. And if you're called to ministry, right, that's a prophet. He's coming in from God to man saying, this is what truth is, prophetic, right? Uh, apostle, if you're innovative and like, you like to start new things, then you're an apostle. The apostle Paul, what did he do? He loved going into cities with believers that were present on the day of Pentecost that now since went back home under the persecution that happened in Jerusalem in AD 70. Wars, taking it down. They spread back to their homelands. Paul would show up and be like, hey, where's all the Christians that have to believe in Jesus? Let's get together, okay? And they would start a church. Apostle Paul, starting new things, going into new endeavors, right? If you want to use secular language on this, that's, this is an entrepreneur. They like new things, right? All the entrepreneurs in the house, amen. You better be starting that company. If you don't start now, you're only a year behind, you know, if you don't start it now. You might as well start it now. Go for broke, Right? There's a song, there's a country song out there right now. I don't know why country song, because I just listened to them this past week. And I was driving two hours, and I'm like, I'm going to get my country on. <laughs> but it talks about a dream. A dream can't come real, because the dream's not going to chase you. So you might as well start the dream now. I don't even know what the song is. Don't know who sings it, but I just know those words are in there, and it spoke to me at that moment in time. Okay, so start the dream. Evangelist, if you share Jesus with everyone you can, you're an evangelist. Just trying to share Jesus. I mean, I know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? You're sharing Jesus. If pastors, you like to guide and protect others, then you're a pastor. Um, teacher, if you learn something and can't wait to tell someone, you're a teacher. Now, I touched maybe a little on all of this, the different points in time, and that's how God uses pastors and leaders inside of the church. But if you have a calling on ministry and these hit you, it's time to start getting in that matrix to start developing because today it may just be serving on a team inside of the church. But who knows what a year from now, what God can do as you develop in ministry. You could be the next pastor of this house in Jesus' name. Amen. You never know. I don't have a son, so but I do have daughters and daughters. Okay, not going to get into that right now. Okay. <laughs> they can too. Amen in Jesus' name. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's move into the other spiritual gifts. Now, that's, that's more five-fold ministry. Other giftings are this, and these may be a little more relevant to you and your, your walk today. So serving, you may have the gift of serving. I believe everybody's got the gift of serving because Christ first served us, so we serve others, right? He first loved us, so we love others. If you enjoy meeting the needs of others, then you are a server. You got the gift of servitude. Uh, if, you, uh, if you say nice things to people regularly, you're an encourager. Come on, all the encouragers in the house. 
please have a good conversation with me every Sunday. I would really appreciate that. Okay? Just be nice. Encourage me all day long. Okay? <laughs> giving. If you are constantly giving to people in need, you're a giver. Amen. Right? Leading. If you like leading people to accomplish good of one another, empower one another, strengthen one another, right? Uh, moving on in the list. If you're administration, if you organize and coordinate events or people, you're an administrator. You want to, the biggest thing inside of the church that brings this beauty inside of here is those that have the gift of uh, administration. Because leaders typically have vision but lack organization. I'm not speaking from experience. This is just what I know, okay? I've read it in a book somewhere, so I'm giving you information right now, okay? Administrators bring order to the chaos, right? I have an executive assistant. After like seven years of ministry, finally got an executive assistant. Praise Jesus Christo, right? <laughs> Amen. The church is growing, man. There's so many times. It's crazy, okay? So the gift of administration, if you have that gift and you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, Serve in the church, okay? We can, we can use that gift in the church, amen. Wisdom, if you enjoy helping others navigate confusing and distressing situations, you have the gift of wisdom, amen. You're trying to bring clarity to chaos, right? Using the spirit of the Lord to speak. If you have knowledge, right? If you love to study and get a, a thorough grasp on complicated subjects, you have the gift of knowledge, right? You're taking all the minutia and complicated nuances of a subject you're bringing understanding now you have a knowledge on it now here's the deal how you stay away from a pharisaical spirit is you apply this information to help people with their clarity your knowledge doesn't lead you towards judgment and criticism your knowledge leads you towards loving people that just don't know not because they're stupid it's because your gift hasn't been operated in their life to bring clarity yet right jesus is using you to bring clarity not arrogance right? Not I'm telling you, dumb person, but I'm here to help you, right? I got the gift of knowledge. I'm going to help you understand. Gift of faith. If you have confident, confidence and believe God will do something, you have faith, right? I'm standing upon God's word. This is what his word says. I'm believing this with you. It will come to pass, right? His word will not return void, right? Stand firm upon his truth. You got the gift of faith. Discernment. If you detect ulterior motives or behaviors, then you are a discerner discerner. I'm picking up, man. Something ain't right here. I'm picking up. Something's really right here, right? It doesn't look good, but God's at work in the middle of this. You have that discernment gift. Now, two things that I didn't put in here for the sake of their specialized gift. One is the gift of miracles. Gift of miracles oftentimes operates in uh, like third world countries that are living in desperation, right? Out of desperation, they have no other resources. God shows up and moves on people's behalf. Miracles. Dead people coming alive. You see this on the mission field. Miracles. Dead people coming alive. Missionaries will come back and be like, we prayed for this person in Jesus' name. They, they died. The closest ho hospital was 100 miles away. So we just laid hands on them. We couldn't get to that hospital. We laid hands. They came back to life. Like this. In desperate situations, God moves. Now, here's the deal. Miracles are for the sake of the unbelievers. So maybe you're in here today and your heart is moved by God for people that don't know Jesus. And you're, you, you're just grieved over it. So you pray over people, man. You're believing God that a miracle would happen. They've reasoned God out in the natural, but you're praying that God would step through the natural and meet them in a very spiritual private space to confound their own knowledge, but meet them in their brokenness to show who he is. 
your belief in there, right? You got the belief of faith, but you also have the hope inside of here that, man, God can do what his word says he can do. He can create miracles on behalf of people. And maybe you, once you start to see it happen, now you'll know, man, this is a gift that God has given me. Not to elevate myself, right? Like, pastor, can I do a service at the church, a miracle service at the church? No, okay? No, right? You can continue to pray for people and see miracles happen. Now, the gift of healing, right, on the same spectrum, healing. We pray for people and they're healed, whatever that was. Pray for people and they're healed. Now, here's the cool thing that John Mark Comer, he put some language on it that helped me kind of broaden my, my understanding here. Healing is not just physical. When we look in the church world, it's like two or three are gathered, you know, if, there, there's, or, uh, if somebody's sick in your body, grab some anointing oil, anoint them with oil, pray over them, and they shall recover. We, we, in the spiritual realm, we think there's this physical healing, you know, a leg or lame person or blind person, let's pray over them, they're going to be healed. Now, God can do that. Don't get me wrong. I'll tell you inside of our church here today, we pray for a lot of different people and babies have happened. They've been diagnosed with whatever infertility. We say, but God, and we pray over them and all of a sudden they're pregnant, right? Haven't been able to get pregnant for 10 years, pregnant in Jesus name. Multiple babies running around here and many in other churches that are at other churches now, but whatever. Um, tumors that we prayed for evaporated in Jesus' name. So there's miraculous things that God is doing, right, in our church community, but it's, uh, John Mark Comer would say this, healing is bigger than just these physical needs. There's emotional healing, there's spiritual healing, there's multiple different types of healing. So if you're a person that has the gift of healing, your heart is to see people healed, you're willing to give up your life for the sake of another and have a conversation to bring emotional healing to their life. Maybe some spiritual healing to their lives. Maybe it is physical healing to their lives. But you got this gift to see people made whole through Jesus Christ. So it puts a little language on it, right? Now here's the deal with gifts. You may have a heart for something, you just don't got the gift for it, okay? That's the point of this little illustration right here, right? My little illustration today. Oftentimes with gifts, we're trying to figure out what our gifts are. You got a heart for the, oh Lord, diamond. There you go. You got a heart for the, di or, no, no, no. You got a heart for the, the circle, but you're a diamond. And you're over here doing this. Ah, right? It's like, I got a gift of singing. No, you don't, okay? <laughs> Clearly not, right? Clearly not. Not saying I've sat in front of you before, just saying that's not your gift, okay? Right? In the process of discovery, we got to get into the matrix that we can do this, right? Kids, whenever you do this, they finally, my daughter, Brinley, has a little bit of me in here. She would get frustrated, and she just takes the thing and throws it. It's like, ah, right? Now, that's not what we want to do inside of our church. We want to be in here like, okay, what is my gift? Uh, 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 oh, praise God, right? I got my gift, right? Now, I use a toy illustration just like I did last week, not because you're kids, okay? You kind of are our spiritual children, yes, but... Not to insult your intelligence, but to give you some perspective. We want to, what is it? If you wrote a few things down, here's the deal. God gives us gifts, multiple gifts. Some of us, multiple gifts in order to be a part of this greater body. Sometimes it starts in small places. Maybe other times it doesn't. You just got the gift and the ability, and man, it's, it's a big thing immediately. But if there's no awareness, man, there can be no application. We want to move forward in that. And the second thing I'll leave you with is this. Second thing, get love in to get the gifts out. 
Now, with the gifts that we have, we got to get the love in to get the, the gifts out. 1 Corinthians 13, I referenced it last week. It says this, if I could speak in all languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clangy cymbal. If I had the gifts of prophecy, and if I can understand all the gifts, uh, God's secret plans, and possess uh, all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. Look what I've done, right? Boast about it. Look at me. But here's the deal spiritually, kingdom side, kingdom wise, I should say. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. All of these spiritual gifts are for the purpose of building kingdom, right? We're here to build the kingdom. We have gifts that we can use outside of this place. And man, we're going to be building life and being blessed. But the gifts God has given us to build kingdom. If we do all of this and we lack the fundamental thing that has met us, Jesus, and love meeting us, then it's for, for all for nothing, right? The whole point of what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to operate according to the spirit, the spirit breathing into us and giving us something specific in order to bless the church we're a part of and bless the people that we get to interact with on a daily basis. If the love is not the motivation, then what are we doing it for? Right? Well, the Bible would tell us this in 1 John 4. The brother of Jesus would say this. Dear friends, since God, sorry, not the brother of Jesus, 1 John says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And if God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him, and he in us. Man, he's in us. First part of it, man. If God loved us so much, we surely ought to love others. It's, hap- it's here and then it's moving there. Here coming in and it's moving out. Verse number 17. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we operate in our gifts, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Spirit operating in us, the gifts operating in us, we live like Jesus right here inside of our world here today. Right? The focus isn't on us. The focus is on him. You know, uh, I got two daughters, and you're going to get Disney references for a a long time now. Um, But Encanto. Today, my six-year-old plays Maribel. My three-year-old plays Isabel. Okay? (laughs) Two different personalities. Obviously, Maribel is a personality inside of the main character inside of the movie. Isabella is the sister that's all flowery and nice. And Bryn, it's the opposite of her personality, but she all that in, in, a, in a bag of chips, okay? Now, they role play this moment in time whenever Maribel's got to go in and say, I'm sorry to Isabella. And it's a challenge for her, right? So they narrate this whole time, and like she comes in and like, and, like, people don't know what they're doing. Like, are they fighting right now? It's like, no, they're role-playing a movie that they've watched a thousand times, okay? <laughs> we don't talk about Rune. Okay, I know the whole thing, all right? <laughs> but the whole point is she's got to say sorry, and she can't do it. And then they get in this whole interaction, and these words come out. You're so selfish, right? She's like, selfish? I've been stuck in this place. Okay, I'm just trying to, that's what they do. Just give you a little taste of it. Now, the whole point inside of here gave me a great opportunity to talk about, because Ellis asked, well, Dad, what does selfish mean? 
said, well, selfish means when you only think about yourself and no one else. If you ask Ellis today, what does selfish mean? She's going to tell you verbatim, as she did last night to our, my wife. I know what selfish means. Selfish means when you only focus on yourself and no one else. Now, here's the deal. The gifts that God has given us is for the body of Christ. The gift is not to be selfish with the gifts that God has given us, but man, we're thinking about everybody else. We want to help people get connected. We want to help people. We want to carry people on the journey. We're okay discovering and being lightning far before there ever is thunder. We're okay with that. We're good with that, right? We, want, we know the gifts God has placed here. We're going to think bigger than ourselves to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? Here's the deal. If our church knows gifting, the bigger the core, the bigger the apple. Why? Because we're, we're caring for each other. We're carrying each other. We're operating to, to our giftings, right? We have something specific we're putting into the body of Christ. We're not just consumers, we're distributors. We're thinking bigger than just what do I get from it. I'm looking outside to say, what am I giving to it? What am I part of? What am I doing with my giftings that's going to bless the community of faith? The last thing, or the, the last scripture inside of here in Philippians 2 says this, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Speaking to a church in Philippi, speaking to our church here today, is there any of these things operating in our church here today that would move us beyond self? It says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose working with one mind. We're together. We're in this. Verse number three says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as what? Better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Paul's just indicating to the church, man, if we're a part of the body of Christ, it's got to be bigger than us. It can't just be a selfish mentality on what we have and what we get, the consumer mentality. It's got to be that we're giving. So here's the deal. We love, and I'll, the last thing I'll leave you with here, number three, we love churches that are full of people. Man, we love churches that are full of people. Today, our church, our desire, we want to see our church full every single weekend. But here's the reality. Our desire in here, what our desire is as my, my desire, heart for the house, is that all of our people, our church is full of God's spirit. You're not in the spirit of Pastor Brent. You know, I do this because my pastor said. No, no, no. I live according to my giftings. I serve. I lay down my life. I love because Christ first loved. You may have the, the encouraging word of pastors in this house behind you, but what you have is the spirit of God on the inside of you. And you're in here, man. I'm moving and grooving according to the spirit of God that is at work inside of me. He who first loved, man, I love too, man. He has loved me. Yet while I was a sinner, he died for me. And man, he's done something for me. Yet, by, yet while people are broken and hurting, I'm going to give my life for them. We don't desire just full churches. We want our churches full of people that are full of the spirit of God. Amen. Led by the Holy Spirit to accomplish the purposes that he has laid out yeah. for okay. us. That's why we are here. Amen. Not just to consume, but we're here to give. Jesus, whenever he filled up his, his, belief, or his disciples, he filled them up with the spirit, then he said, go. They were in the make, matrix of training with him, if you look in his earthly ministry. Then he sent them out two by two. And they did, they tried, they took the, the circles and, oh, is this it? Oh, we have, do we have this ability? Blah, blah, blah. And they learned a lot. But whenever he 
left the earth. He said, stay here and I'm going to send my spirit. And when I send my spirit, then you go. And here's the beauty. Since that time, the spirit has been flowing into the body of Christ. Every single person is here. If you said yes to Jesus, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you. And Jesus is sending us out to fill the earth with his spirit. Every place, every corner gets to see Jesus, maybe through us, right? Two or three are gathered. He is also there. Same, same spirit that conquered death, hell, and the grave is the same spirit that lives on the inside of us, right? It's a powerful spirit that we carry with us when we're in submission to the mission of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the deal. The body of Christ is whole. The Bible would tell us, and I'll read it here in just a second, if one part is wounded, hurt, disabled, all parts hurt. And that's why it's paramount. As we step into the future in the world in which we live in, if we aren't in submission to the mission, if we aren't operating according to our giftings, and I'll tell you, our work is to get good connections by, with everybody. You're, you're in here. You're connected, right? You're, you're connected to somebody else. You're able to carry somewhat of the pain and the hurt that they're walking through. You can use a gift of encouragement. You can use a gift of servitude. You can use a gift that God has given you on wisdom or knowledge or whatever you mean to empower and strengthen people that may be on a journey that's bringing hurt pain into their lives, or maybe they're in a broken place, or maybe they're in a place they just need some wisdom shared to get them out of a rut, you know, but this is the connection of the body. Anything that's disconnected, right, can't be used. If a hand is severed, the hand can't be used. You can see, I mean, disability today, if you have a disability, you will live less than. The only time I can understand this is literally when I tore my ACL, Six weeks I had to lay on my back and I couldn't operate to the full function of how this body is capable of operating. I was limited based on a wound, right? If you've had COVID or the flu, you know it puts you on your backside. You were out of commission for a season. Now here's the beauty. The more health that we operate in here according to our gifts and the more we bring to the house, the better this house operates. First Corinthians would say it this way. First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12 I'll read verse number seven. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Spiritual gifts are given to help everybody. It would go on to say inside of here that the body has many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. So if a foot says I'm not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And it goes on to multiple different references. We all have a distinction inside of here. There's some parts that you'll never see. There's some place that are some things that are done behind the scenes where we care for people, we walk with people that are broken, that are hurting. Some people need protection. Some people just need counseling. Some people have walked through crazy divorces. Some have walked through sexual abuse. There's things that you're not going to see up here on this stage. There are these things that may be perceived as less honorable. They're like tough places, but the body of Christ is working in it. People that are operating in those gifts of counsel to see healing, and we protect those things to protect those people. 
The Bible would go on to say that. There's places that are protected inside the church you'll never see. But verse 25 says this. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. What does that mean? You got some gifts to bring to the house. You got something on the inside of you that can bring to the house. There's people that are a part of our church community today that maybe today we're disabled because you're disconnected from the church. Oh, you're here on Sunday? You don't know nobody on Monday. Oh, you're here on Sunday, but you're not here on Tuesday on church nights where you can meet, meet somebody. You can know their story. You can get connected. If you're disconnected, how does the body part operate? It doesn't. And here's the beauty. If you got gifts and you're called to this house, then apparently God has called you to jump into the matrix. Time to figure it out. What is your gifts? How do you get connected? It starts in small places. You may show up and you're like, hey, how are you doing? I don't know. And it's awkward. Yeah, it is. It's awkward. It's awkward. But by the second time, you're like, oh, you know my name. Cool. By the third time, you're like, hey, you want to hang out? By the fourth time, it's like, let's get together. Fourth time, it's like, man, let me pray for you. Fifth time, it's like, man, what's going on inside of your life? Sixth time, hey, how's your soul? How you doing? Man, I saw on Facebook. Let me just let you know that I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing for you. It starts in small places, but God uses small places, lightning strikes, before ever the thunder, the roar of whatever may be found. One of the stories I love in the Bible is, is Luke 5, wherever some friends of a paralytic that was, that was lame for 40 years say, you know what? I, I believe these friends prayed for him or believing for his healing, but what they said is, we got to get you to Jesus. And they move beyond this place to say, you know what? We're going to let you sit there for another however long unhealed. We're going to do something about it. We're going to move beyond ourselves, and we're going to pick you up, friend, and we're going to get you to Jesus. And I love their tenacity because Jesus, there's a crowd at the house. They couldn't get in. They said, forget that. We're going to be entrepreneurs right now. We're going to think outside of the box. We're going to go up on the roof. We're going to tear open this roof. We're going to drop our friend down because we want healing for our friend. And I pray today that this, this, there's something that is coming alive in you today. That's saying, I do have gifts, yes, but man, I've been extremely selfish, Isabella. And something's awakening on the inside. We're talking revival this year. Something's awakening saying, ah, there's something bigger on the inside of me. There's something more than I can do. It's not about just being a consumer. It's about being a distributor. It's about being a part of something bigger than myself. It's about knowing and being known. It's about being connected to the house. It's about, you know, getting these gifts of understanding and operating in these gifts because I want the body to be whole. I pray something's coming alive in this house here today for our church through this series that gets us beyond ourselves. We're better because of you better because of you. When you're here, you're present, and you know gifts, and you're operating. The church is whole. We can kick the crutches off, and we can walk forward in healing and whole. You know, Ezekiel 37, the moment where this prophet, God pulls him out into the valley of dry bones is what it's called, and God begins to speak to him. He says, look at these dry bones. Do you think they can come alive? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think? God says, why don't you start speaking to these dry bones? Ezekiel began to speak to the dry bones. 
So as you started to hear the rumbling and the rattling, and all these dry bones came together, and all of a sudden, the body would come together. Ezekiel would look at it and say, man, like, they got a body, but they have no life. And Jesus says, well, speak life to them. Call the wind to come to bring life into them. And all of a sudden, life was breathed in. The last thing that is written inside of here in verse number 14, they may have it up on the screen. It says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own, own land. Then you will know what I, uh, what that I, the, or sorry, then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. He was speaking to the children of Israel. You're scattered, but I'm bringing you back together. And I think today, this is a message over our house. That there's dry bones that you're dead. You're not using your gifts. What I'm trying to do today is call your gifts, your body, your life. Call it together. Yeah. I pray that you're breathing wind in here to your life today. You're being full of the Spirit. You know what the gifts are. Cool. Now I'm going to apply them. I'm use my gifts. I'm okay being lightning before the thunder. I'm going to use my gifts. I'm okay if there's never any thunder and I'm just a part of the lightning. I'm okay because I'm living according to the gifts that God has given me to bless the church, bless the world in which I live in. The last statement I'll leave you with and then we're going to pray here is this. The kingdom of God isn't going to be advanced with our church being full of people, but with our church being full of people who are full of the Spirit. This church is not going to be, the church of Jesus Christ is not advanced by churches being full. The kingdom of God advances whenever the people that are in church are full of his Spirit, living according to his purposes. I pray that would be our house. May you be full of the Spirit. Let's pray. God, we come to you, Lord. We understand, Lord, that we have, we have this ability, this opportunity right here, now. History is being made with our lives saying yes to your calling, God. Father, I pray for any limitation that has set us back, God. Maybe it is our own sin that has separated us from the good intentions that we have. Or maybe today, God, motivation with our gifts are rooted in the wrong places. God, I pray that love will replace all the wrong motives, God, that are existing inside of our heart for doing and being in life. Father, I pray that you would awaken on the inside of this house the gifts that you have placed on the inside of us, God. Father, as we operate according to your will, there will be wholeness in this house. God, may we be people that fight to get people to Jesus, get, get people to you. Maybe we got to deal with our own funk in order to deal with people. Get, get to people and get them to you, Jesus. May we have the courage to do that. God, I pray today, Lord, that there's a, a keen awakening, God, that you are giving to us on specific gifts this morning. Today, we have the courage to move forward and all that you've called us to do, God. We can, we pray we get, I pray we get connected, God. Maybe there's gifts, there's just disconnection, God. Father, through connection, all of a sudden the gifts can explode, God. May dry bones come alive and may your spirit bring life to this house here today. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody says, amen.